Hi, and welcome to Learning Development 101. I'm your host, Joe, and today we have a returning guest with us, Dr. Benjamin Ritter. Got his name right this time. So uh, I want to bring Ben straight in, um, and he's going to talk to us about mindfulness. So Ben, thank you so much for coming back. Uh, come on in and just start off with telling us what is mindfulness? Let's just, just right off the bat, what is mindfulness? And thank you, Joe, by the way, for having me. I'm happy to be back. Uh, this is a really great topic, and mindfulness is at the core of our ability to be able to help others learn. You know, because without mindfulness, we don't really know if things are landing. We don't know how we're coming off. If if people are motivated by what we're saying, if they're not, if they're not, if they've learned it, if they didn't learn it, mindfulness is basically the ability to be aware of your thoughts and how those potentially impact your actions and feelings for yourself along with the actions and feelings of others. Generally, mindfulness can also be termed self-awareness, right? Or, or, or relationship awareness as well. It's a aspect of emotional intelligence. Awesome. Um, so to, to, like, to me, I find, I find it very difficult to understand mindfulness. Um, like I, I tried the, like the headspace, um, audios, uh, calm, that sort of thing. And for me, I find it a bit difficult to get into to that mindfulness sort of uh, way of thinking. And that's probably just due to a lack of exposure and you know, probably not giving it its full attention that it deserves. And it brings me on to actually bring it within the training environment because within a training environment, we get a lot of, a lot of stress. There's a lot of emotions potentially going on, especially if we're doing sort of any form of empathy training. And the questions I really want to kind of delve deep into with yourself, I'm going to ask them and I'm just going to let you talk because let's face it, no one's here to listen to me. They're here for you. Um, so how do, how do we go about bringing that awareness that you talk about into one, the training environment or for someone who's new to starting the company? Because usually L&D or training department has that first touch with someone new to the company. And how can we go really understand how mindfulness can help us deliver um, material and boost confidence? Um, so I'm just going to let those, those questions sit with yourself and feel free to ramble like I do. Um, but how, how would you I, go about those things? I'd say one, one aspect of learning and development is to try to be concise. So hopefully I don't ramble too much and hopefully we can kind of go back and forth and have a conversation where it's appropriate. I want to just take a step back from those questions. So if, if I forget them, please remind me. Yeah, of course. But I like to think of mindfulness as the length of pause between something that happens to you externally or something you feel internally to then how you actually act out, as well as your ability to enter a room and disassociate yourself from those external influences, those feelings to be able to understand how somebody else is feeling. I don't think mindfulness is that complicated other than are you able to be aware of what's going on around you and not react to it and be able to choose the action that you want towards it. And that is an incredible skill and trait of a leader, of people within an organization. If you're able to do that, you're able to pre prevent or mediate conflict you're able to coach and guide others. You're able to solve problems in highly critical situations or just in general. 
you're able to put aside your personal life and get the work done when you need to. You're able to provide candid feedback because you're not stuck in your own head, right? So there's, there's a lot of really great things that can happen from mindfulness, but I think the best way to get to how we can maybe integrate them into learning and development or um, how we maybe can use them ourselves is to talk about the things that get in the way of it. Because I think generally we can all be mindful. Like we've all, we've all had moments in our life where we've been kind of maybe walking through the woods or walking in the street and being able to be calm and present and be outside of ourselves and not worried about everything that's going on, the inner turmoil or the stuff that's busy at work, but then we sometimes can lose it. And so uh, if you don't mind, I'd love to just kind of talk a little bit about what can get in the way of it. Yeah, of course. Okay. So one of the main things, and I kind of alluded to it when I mentioned walking through the woods or walking on the street, not talking about work, because one of the greatest things that can get in the way, get in the way of mindfulness is just having the time to think. Having the space and time outside of your work where you're not feeling like you're drowning, where you're not feeling like the answer to every, uh, how are you doing question is I'm busy. If you don't have that time to think, it's very difficult to stop being reactionary. And so let's say you have to go deliver a training or you're in the middle of a training and something is going wrong. Try to pause for a second and just let things happen without having to react to them so that when you do act, it's in the best interest of yourself, the organization, as well as everybody in the room. During your workday, when preparing for a training, are you just saying yes to everything that gets thrown on your plate? Or are you saying, hold on a second, we have X, Y, and Z that need to be delivered or that we're working on, which is more important? And if you can do that and keep things you know, prioritized in a way that makes sense for you and the organization, that gives you space to think you're going to be more innovative, you're going to be more creative, you're going to be able to be aware of problems before they arise, you're going to be able to strategize. And so with mindfulness, if you have time to think that that will allow you to automatically build in that pause that you need. But to be able to do this, you need to be confident. So one of the other things that can get in the way is a lack of confidence. And two others, I'll just rattle them off and then we can, I'll pause for a second, would be bias. So you just, you are stuck in your own stories about how something needs to be. And sometimes that tends to relate to also ego. I am the best. I don't need to learn. I, I, whatever you say doesn't matter. And so those, those, when I, when I reflected on mindfulness, those were kind of the four things that really came up for me that can, that really get in the way of all of us just being mindful automatically. So, I mean, so bear with me when I should get my thoughts in order on this one. When it comes to being a, a good trainer, then, or just a great leader, because let's face it, training, you are, you are a form of leader because you're help, helping to guide new people through uh, a, a brand new experience and you're allowing them room to grow, but fail within a safe environment. So as a, as, as making a, a good trainer, we naturally fall into that by pulling ourselves and everyone out of that training environment to do sense checks throughout the training. So just checking in with um, our delegates, whether they be uh, brand new to the company or even senior management to one, find out how they're doing with the material, but also through regular pauses to allow information to settle 
and distract them in a, a sense because to me it comes across as a, a bit of a distraction helps us be more aware of how we're feeling and how we're we're thinking and how we're acting so am i am i right along the lines here that you know to say to be a, a good trainer is just to act like a natural person and, and have those regular pauses throughout um training environments that's not work related so whether you're talking about the game or you know the weather if you're very british talk about the weather all the time um am i right in saying that yeah, people have a shorter attention span than you think and trainers tend to put more information in a training than they need as well as to pack too much more too much information into a time span that you have and so you have to build in regular breaks. I'd say you have to cuts instead of adding things. It's better to have multiple trainings than one long training. And to also include things that allow someone to show up fully, as you said, to treat them like they're a human. So you have a break. Maybe you also have a connection exercise. Maybe, maybe you um, highlight something unique in the company outside of the training in itself. If you have these breaks, you're going to allow these individuals to, to rest their brains per se, to allow them to also not feel so busy, right? To also have time to think, and then to be able to come back to the training a little bit more refreshed. Yeah, great point. Good, cool. So I'm on, I'm on all the right lines then that's good. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So let's, let's bring it kind of back. So we kind of, we've actually almost addressed that first question about how do we bring that awareness into the environment? So allowing people to have those breaks and, and let that information settle down. Um, so really then, how, how does understanding, getting understanding of how being mindful can help us deliver the material and boost confidence, yeah. what's, what's, what's going on there then? Let's, let's go back just a couple more strategies maybe that people could use. I say in the development of your training, make sure you're building it from a place where, okay, what if I didn't know any of this? If I had a blank slate, how would things need to be described to me for me to understand them? So mm -hmm. mindfulness also is understanding how other people are going to think. So you have to put yourself in their shoes. At the same time, check your stories as it relates to what you're trying to deliver. You know, if you think that there's one specific answer to something, well, play the devil's advocate for a minute. What if you're wrong? That might mean also doing a short pilot project for whatever you want to deliver. Now in the training, I would highly suggest that you do a, cle a clearing or a kind of a intention setting exercise where at the beginning you are letting people let go of all the stress and other things they might be thinking about during their day. Maybe you, you make a rule, no laptops if possible, or no phones, but you need to give everyone a chance to clear their minds so they can think clearly and be mindful. That might be even be like a breathing exercise. You might even do that midway, a short meditation. But in general, you want to get rid of distractions. That's going to be incredibly helpful and help also people feel that they're in a safe place. You know, I didn't mention it, but time to think. It also means if you feel that you're, if you're in a stress response, so if you feel afraid for any reason or you feel hurry in this fight or flight, you're not going to be able to be mindful. It's just impossible. That aspect of your brain is turned off. So these are different things that you can integrate into your trainings to, to assist. Uh, the other piece is if there starts to be conflict and that will activate cortisol levels and get people just not able to be mindful instead of arguing, instead of shutting people down, or if people don't even understand, you can take the same strategy. Or you can take a strategy of being curious. 
And so actually start asking some questions. Don't, don't worry about the material. I'm, I'm take five or 10 minutes of the training and ask some follow-up questions to the people that are in the room. So you show that you're intentional towards you, you care about what they, what they think you're able to be a little bit more mindful towards them. And then they're going to be able to reduce their levels of stress. So again, it creates a better training environment. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't, I can't disagree with you in any way. Um, personally speaking, I, I found, you know, that taking those, those step backs certainly do help. Uh, and at the moment I'm currently uh, taking a, a new group through um, a set of training and they've come from a completely different walk of life. And now that we were talking about it and, and reflecting on it, you know, I'm noticing that I've, I've registered those, those sort of flighty moments where that stress has started to, to build up. And what I, what I love to do at the end of every session is I love to do a quiz, okay? It's got nothing to do with work. It's just a really fun quiz, perhaps, you know, about the TV show Friends to kind of bring people back down to, to a normal level, if, if, if that's right and saying. And, you know, that's, that's, that's a little reflection piece for me. Um, how did... Well, to that, to that point, do you know your audience? And if they have a different cultural background or they're from a different type of organization or industry that you're not a part of, do your research. You need to do your research because um, if not, you're going to get in there and maybe you're wearing a suit and tie and they're wearing cargo, sh- cargo shorts and flip-flops. Even that can throw people off. So, and it's in a way that's not mindful at all. Yeah, I, I didn't actually give a, like, think about that because, I mean, we've been working from home for, for so long now. And I think, um, you know, where I currently work, we've moved to a working from home style permanently. And everyone just shows up in it like a, like a hooded sweatshirt like I am now. You know, I love this, luckily, by the way. Yeah, I'm a big fan. <laughs> um, luckily, no one's you know shown up in board shorts or you know just a, a shirt, no no trousers or pants. Uh, so that's been been a godsend. Um, I'm curious from from your personal life, uh, how, what got you into the whole the mindset? Because you've got two podcasts, um, the Executive Podcast and the Live for Yourself Revolution Podcast. Uh, both on Apple Podcasts, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. So please feel free to check them out. Um, nice look like. <laughs> but obviously something like that, you know, you have to find that that inspiration, that that want. And what was it for you? What was, what got you down that path? So when I was in, I'll say uni or undergrad. Yeah, <laughs> college. Uh, I, I was, tr- I was kind of, my main goal in life was to be a professional soccer player. That's what I wanted to do. And when I lost that, I lost my identity and who I was and hit a pretty dark place. Also because I dedicated my life to something without any balance. So I didn't really have many friends. I felt ostracized in social circles and I didn't, so I had no support system. I had no vision for what I wanted to create or do with my life after that. And I luckily made a decision to invest all the energy and time that I was putting into this professional pursuit and to put it into myself. And so I found the professional and personal development industry and dove in and started learning how to take my mind out of a situation where it was very critical and negative and uh, very defeating and change it and reframe it and make it so that I was able to not talk down to myself, but talk up. 
as well as to uncover what I truly cared about and who I truly was um, through exploration, through putting myself through in uncomfortable situations, through not caring about failure. And that allowed me to build my brand. And then when you have your brand personally and professionally, no one can shake it. And so you walk into a room, you're not thinking about what people are thinking about you. You're, you're thinking, who do I want to go talk to? You know, and it allows you, when you are sure of yourself, it allows you to live in the present, which then allows you to use your intuition to its fullest, which can be a really powerful thing if you expose yourself to a variety of experiences. And so, you know, fast forward, I had, I had a great career, I had a wonderful social life, and I came across a really poor leadership, a really poor executive team, where I felt to myself, this shouldn't be the case. We shouldn't have to go to work and be unhappy. At the same time, I wasn't happy at work because of it, not just because of the leadership, but because of how I was treating my work and how I was acting at work. And I had a coach at the time that was provided from the organization. And it was the first time that I realized that you could actually be a professional coach. I was coaching in other areas like life, dating and such. And on the side, because I was in health, I was working in healthcare as an executive at the time. And it hit me that why, why can't I merge these, these passions for fixing the workplace, coaching and leadership development. And that led me down the path of let's go get my doctorate and let's build a new business. Let's do some organizational development work. And it, lo and behold, I've been running live for yourself consulting now for, I've been running live for yourself consulting now for about six years and the podcasts have their own story, but they're just an extension of the brand too. I mean, firstly, thanks, thanks for sharing that because that's, you know, that's, that's a very deep dive on, on who you are and, you know, some, some tough times in, in your past and it's not easy to, to talk about those things. And so thank you. I mean, I really honestly, thank you very much for, for sharing that um, with me and, and the listeners. Um, you kind of touched on there about building your own brand and mindfulness would be obviously an extension to you as a brand and how or what you know what kind of techniques or, or maybe ways in which we can support ourselves would you suggest to build a brand for you know for us one of the first things that we all need to do maybe this is said too often but it's just we have to change our lens of the world so if you're working at an organization and you think negative of that organization, or if you think negatively of yourself, or if you think negative of the world, which a lot of people tend to do, they develop stories of resentment over time towards certain people, towards certain things, towards work, towards themselves. That is not going to allow you to be mindful in a way that is proactive. Because let's say you are mindful, but you think everything is horrible that is not going to serve you. It's not going to allow you to actually make progress, I would assume, in the way that you want because you're listening to this podcast. So the first thing that I would recommend is to just try to find one thing every day to be grateful for and not just something obscure, uh, not obscure, but uh, something very broad, like I am grateful for life. No, it's which is okay, but I am grateful for the ability to take a deep breath I am grateful for the ability to stretch my arms and my legs and to feel the blankets on my skin. Get specific. When you, when you create a little bit of specificity to gratefulness, it changes your focus and allows you to actually visualize and experience what you're being grateful for. If you do that on a daily basis, even just once, 
you're changing your intention. You're changing where your, where your mind is focused and it magnifies a positive outlook on the world and everything around you. If you can start doing that, then that will actually expand into, if you're resentful towards work, you finding ways to be optimistic about work. And as you start being more positive, that allows you then to step out of your emotional reactions that are holding you back from being mindful. Well, thank you. Thanks. Um, you, so just, just listening to that, it kind of, it kind of alludes to uh, the last episode, one of the last episodes we, we talked about, and correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong in saying this, uh, but we talked about the, um, the Pygmalion effect, uh, which is where negative thought leads to negative action, which then leads to more negative thought and reinforces our own um, self-thought and biasness as to what we originally thought to begin with. So it's a never-ending cycle. And from what you're saying is just by changing that narrative from the negativity to the positivity, even smaller sets or just reducing that negativity, then has that knock-on effect through that Pygmalion-style effect. Mm -hmm. Yes. And take it a step further and say, well, is your environment negative? Mm. Are there people that you're spending time with, coworkers, friends, family, that are getting in the way that are perpetuating this effect. If so, and this is hard for a lot of people to hear, they are drastically hurting you. Even if it's not about you, they are influencing the way you see the world and see yourself. And because of that, and maybe I'm getting a little woo-woo right now, but if you're learning, if you're learning development, you're a facilitator, you know that there's energy in a room. And that energy is real and it emanates from all of us. And so if you are surrounded by negative people and you yourself are negative, you are going to create negative experiences. So you need to change the people that you also spend time with. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can 100% agree with you on the, you know, you walk into a training environment, into that room, and you can tell if people want to be there or not. That's, that's something that is, as a trainer, you, you learn to pick up on, you know, through body language or just the way that people respond to things. And as a trainer, you know, we, we try our hardest to bring energy into a room. So we have to try and bring energy into ourselves to then reflect that into the room. Um, so I definitely said that would be a, a technique or a supporting mechanism to take away for ourselves. Um, and also I'm, currently just organized and launched the book club at one of the organizations I'm responsible for. And we're reading Radical Candor. And there was an issue with, let's say, okay, you have a leader that uh, maybe a couple people, a couple leaders that are creating a negative environment for other people. The best thing to do, or even if they say something to you that's negative, especially in a training set session, is to call it out in a way that isn't abusive or negative, but it's more so just Hey, this is going on and say, Hey guys, it seems like, or Hey, Hey everyone. Right. It's, it seems like the energy's off here. What's going on. Right. What's, what's going on. Talk to me for a second. If you can do a clearing exercise for five minutes, you can change that energy. Right. Even like you said, you can do a fun quiz too, or you can do a fun connection exercise, but sometimes you just need to call it out. Hey, it seems like something's wrong. Talk, talk to me about it. Does anyone want to be here today? No. Why not explain it? Let me talk to you about why this training is important or what this, how this training might benefit you. Do you experience any of these things? And if you don't have that conversation with them, if you're not mindful of what's going on in the room, no one's going to gain anything from your training. 
So yeah. you, you can't just rush ahead. You need to focus on what's actually happening right then and there. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent with you. Um, and it's, it's it's interesting that you know you you say to to just call it out. You know, say it, say it like it is. Obviously, in a, a professional manner. You know, you can't just you know drop f bombs here and there and start calling people out and stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's so beyond us to just call things out. You know, I think as a as adults or just as a generation, perhaps we're so wrapped up in, in not saying what's going on or as a you know a person we just retreat into ourselves and accept things and just move forward with it hanging there so um yeah it, it really interesting sort of like just, just call it out just um as you say do that, that clearing exercise um so kind of just gonna gonna wrap up a, a little bit here to, um for the end of the episode Firstly, you know, it's absolutely fabulous um, and understanding what mindfulness is and, and how we can bring it into that room. Um, like, I, like I always, always finish, you know, if, if no one's listened to this uh, at all um, and you were to give them one piece of advice, one, one little uh, golden snippet, uh, what would that be? I actually just posted this today on LinkedIn. If you haven't followed me, check me out, Dr. Benjamin Ritter. And it is that our brains were created for survival, not for us to be happy. And when it comes to mindfulness, if we just react to our emotions and our feelings, then we're not going to do what's best for us and best for the people around us. And remember that your brain is created for your survival. So everything that you feel is actually, there's a, there's a reason behind it, but it's not to your best interest. Uh, maybe, I mean, maybe when you were around lions and tigers and bears, but not in the professional work environment. So always, always question, always question, build a pause between something that you want to react to, to before you actually react. Sound advice. Absolutely sound advice. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for that. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to reach out to, uh, to Ben or listen to his stuff, you can find him on LinkedIn uh, YouTube, Instagram, he has his own website and the two podcasts mentioned previously. I will link all of those in the show notes. So please feel free to check him out, reach out to him if you like, and uh, gain more insight, especially from uh, his own podcasts. Uh, as he said, they are an extension of himself. Um, if you want to reach out to us at the show here, you can do so at lnd101podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we also have an Instagram page, Learning and Development 101. You can reach me out on LinkedIn. And if any of you feel like supporting the show uh, to help build us up to be uh, bigger than we are now, uh, you can um, offer a little help through Patreon. And that's patreon.com slash learning and development 101. I'm Joe. This is Ben. Thank you so much for listening in, ladies and gentlemen. And we will see you in the next episode. <laughs>